This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. Welcome to the Crafting Character Podcast. Steve Carter here, and in association with my good friends at Preaching Today, Food for the Hungry, and Hope International University, I'm excited to bring you a podcast to help you get better at the craft of preaching helping you get better at the art of communicating the scriptures so that whenever you pick up the Bible, whenever you've given the chance, the privilege to be able to teach God's word, you just feel like you're getting better, that you're holding this responsibility with a level of humanity, inspiration from above, but also that you're learning how to do this. We have some incredible plans for this podcast in 2023 to help you really learn to break down a talk and deliver a talk and get better at the art of preaching. But remember, it's not just about that. That key word in the title is and craft and character because we can only really teach and lead and shepherd and pastor uh, from a place of healthy character uh, because at the end of the day, in a culture that's growing more and more cynical for the voices on the stage. They want to see people who are about it, who live this, who embody this, and who can speak about their experience with Christ and their experience of what Christ is doing in them and for them and not just through them. And that's why this podcast exists. And I'm so grateful for my friends at Preaching Today. Man, this is what they want to do. They want to help you get better at the craft and character of preaching. Uh, I'm so grateful for my friends at Food for the Hungry because that's what they're trying to do is just embody what is possible in communities and villages all around the world. Uh, I, I love partnering with them. Even my church, Four City Church in, in Illinois, we, we partner with them and it's just been amazing. And, um, and I love just the heartbeat of Hope International University who just longs to see uh, these biblical students grow in the craft and character. And they actually have this amazing scholarship set for uh, ministry students. And I'd love to tell you more about that because it's just amazing how they want to make it affordable because so many students who are going to ministry come out and they are just, just filled with so much debt. And it's hard to do ministry when you got the pains of debt. And I love that Hope is just trying to do something new with um, a scholarship that they've created. So um, friends, this is just such an exciting episode because we're going to look into the teaching of someone that I just deeply, deeply respect. His name is Jarrett Stevens. He and his wife, Jeannie Stevens, who was on the podcast a few months back, uh, they pastor Soul City Church in downtown Chicago. And Recently, I heard a teach from Jarrett, and uh, it, it was so, so moving to me. He, he's talked about this whole, a, a very good gospel, uh, not the gospel according to me, but really the gospel of Jesus. I, I, you're going to hear a clip in just a moment, but but Jarrett's just one of the best communicators. And and what I love about him and where we just, just gel um, is his commitment to try and raise up other communicators. And he's really worked on creating a very affordable, a very um, accessible, um, a really great kind of digital coaching opportunity where you can get better as a communicator, where you can actually empower uh, some of your younger communicators on your team or volunteers that you want to help them get better. Uh, this, this curriculum that he's created, it's, it's, it's a master class on communication and I'm so excited for him to talk about it. But first, before we do that, get a sense of his sound and then we'll break down the teach. We'll learn a little bit about how he arranges a talk and then we will dive in to hear about how he is allowing God to shape his character in this season. Hear this teach and uh, we'll dive into the interview. After all the good things, after all the good things that God had made, he looked at us 
men and women, his sons and daughters made in his image. And he said in Genesis 1.31, this is very good. This is very good. Everything else, good, good, good. He looked at us, his most precious and prized creation and said, no, this is very, very good. The ones whom God actually loves, this is very good. Whatever it is that's better than God's best, that's us. That's how God sees it. See, what those who hold so hard onto the the gospel of original sin tend to miss is that our story actually begins in Genesis 1 with original blessing. There's an original blessing. God blessed humanity. God loves humanity. We are, according to God, very good in his eyes. We are, you are blessed from the beginning. And while sin definitely impacted that blessing, it did not overpower that blessing. It did not lessen God's love for you. Now, again, that doesn't mean that I don't sin. Far from it. God's very good creations make very bad decisions all the time. It doesn't mean that sin doesn't have consequences in my life. Far from it. I can look back on, you can look back on some of our greatest regrets and my hunches, you'll be able to trace it back to some sin somewhere in your story. It doesn't mean that I don't need Jesus Far from it. You and I actually need Jesus far more than we even know. But it's for more than just trying to make a mad God cool down and feel a little bit better about you. What this all means is that God starts and ends with you with love, period. It's the whole point of why God actually came to us in the person and the power and the presence of Jesus was to be with us, to remind us, to show us just how much God loves us. See, here's the thing. I don't want you to get this mixed up. Jesus didn't come to change God's mind about you. He came to change your mind about God. He didn't come to change God's mind. Like, no, 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 all right, let me show you. I'll do some stuff that'll make you okay. God, just give me a chance, give him a chance. No, 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 no. He came to change your mind about God to say he is far more loving. He is far more caring. He is far more compassionate. He is far more forgiving than any other gospel you might've believed that you can actually see and know and experience and share this life-changing love of God to start from a place of being loved by God. Well, Jared Stevens, we just had the privilege of hearing some of your wisdom, some of your sounds, and uh, mm. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, Sounds like wisdom. Have you, <laughs> to have you here with me on the Crafting Character Podcast. Um, let's start like this. Tell me what you were trying to say mm. in this teach. I know we only got a, a you know a couple minute clip, but like, what, mm. what, what was the point of this teach? And give us a little backstory for our for our listeners. Yeah. So, uh, and first, hey, long time listener, first time caller. Great to be with you on the pod. <laughs> been uh, been listening for a long time, and obviously love you and love what you're doing in the world. So I'm really honored to be here. Um, yeah, that was from a teaching series we did a little bit ago called "The Gospel According to Me," and it's just sort of miss like things we think are of God or things that we think God wants that aren't. And that one, that message specifically was that our assumption is that God's mad at me. You know, it, it, I, my, my assumption is God, I've disappointed God. I must be mad at God. And so in that clip and in that whole message, and this is kind of a, a common theme in lots of different teachings that I do is, you know, this idea of what do you think God thinks about when God thinks about you? That question, like, what is it you really think God thinks about? Because that's going to determine how you view yourself, how you view God, your place in this world. And what I was trying to say is like, you, you just cannot fathom how loved you are by God. And the whole point of Jesus is to demonstrate, is to teach, yes, but then to demonstrate the love of God for you. And so I, I borrowed from a, a Richard Rohr quote and, and moved it around and worked it around a little bit. And yeah, basically said there that um, Jesus didn't come to change God's mind about you. He came to change your mind about God. And that's a huge yes. shift, you know, because I think there's, there is a, you know, a strand of theology that is like, no, Jesus came to make an angry God like you again. And in reality, he came to change our view, our broken, our incomplete view of God. So just 
that's what that was was going on there. You know, trying to use that a phrase that we can talk about maybe later that might be memorable for people that can that can go with them once the message is over. Um, yeah, and that's that's what that was. I I so I still appreciate that, and um, you know I I've I've so over the years um, respect you as a communicator, um, as, as someone who excels at their craft and, um, and, and takes it so seriously. And, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe just give people a backstory because you have Mm -hmm. a resume of different voices and Mm -hmm. mentors. Yeah. Very, very, very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. That I think, you know, you are your own sound, which I so Mm -hmm. appreciate, but Mm -hmm. also took a long time to to get there though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to sit with people that had discovered their unique voice, their sound, Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, man, you've been able to take some of the best parts, but also still fully be you. Give us a little kind of a, a, a picture of where you began in the communication mm-hmm. journey, preaching journey, and mm-hmm. who are some of the biggest influences? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just real quick, like I, I started volunteering at the, the church that I'd grown up at. I started volunteering in the middle school ministry when I was a freshman in college and was leading alongside the same leaders I had had when I was in middle school. So it was kind of just a weird thing to be like, oh yeah, you used to yell at me for running around here. And now we're yelling at other kids <laughs> together. And so pretty quickly, I, I, mean, I, can, I can tell you the exact first message I gave, and it was so many millions of years ago. But I just remember when they asked me to teach, I took it so seriously. I created a man on the street, like a person on the street video for it that I shot myself with my dad's VHS camera. That's how old this is. And like edited the whole thing myself. And and I think it was it was maybe like a 20-minute talk to maybe 13, maybe 15, if I'm using pastor math uh kids. And but yet, like Carter, for me, like it was like, I love this. I love doing this. And so they kept asking me to do it. And I would say what was true for me is I was just making it all up as I went along. I mean, keep in mind I'm a freshman in college, it's like I don't I'm, and I'm not even trying to be in church work at all. I'm a volunteer. And so usually like I teach Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. And um, usually I would write my Wednesday night messages like at four o'clock on Wednesday, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, God in heaven, please help any, any child that was a part of that middle school ministry um, that, that they would love Jesus today would be a sign of his goodness and providence. So so kept doing that and, and really began to realize I really love doing this. And then long story short, ended up joining the staff there while I was in college and then um, realizing, oh, I think I'm supposed to do this ministry thing. That ministry was growing and growing and growing. I had no ideas, no mentors. I was making all of it up as I went along. And this is before the internet. So there wasn't like any other resources other than other local youth pastors and trying to learn from them. So that took me here to Chicago to finished my last year and a half in college at a Bible college. And that's when we uh, got introduced to Willow Creek community church. And I'd known about it. And when I'd come out, my wife, Jeannie's from here and we were dating long distance. I grew up in California. And anytime I'd come to visit, we would make a point to go to, to Willow together, you know, as a dating couple and, and never thought that there would be any opportunity for us there, but just asked when I moved out here, Hey, is there any, anything going on? And we ended up, um, as 30 hour a week volunteers <laughs> while I was still in college, there was like churches out in, like further in the Western suburbs out here in Chicago that were like going to pay me money to yeah. do like 10 hours a week. And this, this place asked us to do it for free for 30 hours a week. And yet we were just so, we were just so all in. And so as a volunteer there, I began teaching. I remember the first summer Bo Shears gave me a, a shot to teach. And, um, I can still vividly remember that message, exactly what I taught that, that Sunday night. Yeah. And then, so, so then it became like, oh, I think this is my gift. And then what I realized at that church, it was, there was just some remarkably gifted communicators there. And John Ortberg had gotten there a year before we had gotten there, John and Nancy and their family. And I would watch John on every Wednesday night and just go, holy crap, this is so different from anything I've ever heard any pastor or preacher do. Like this is, this is so smart and it's so funny. And you know, to use a phrase that has become very popular these days, he would always teach about the thing beneath the thing. A lot of people are, a lot of people are talking about that phrase. I hear a lot of people talking about it. 
And, but we used to always say that about like, you know, long before your book, like, like that was the thing I would watch John do. He's like, oh, he's speaking to the thing beneath the thing. Like there's, yeah. he's speaking to the deeper thing. And so I just began to be a student and learn everything I can. And I was teaching regularly, then became a teaching pastor at Willow Creek when I was 26, 26. Wow. So started teaching there every, every weekend for a 20 Sunday ministry. And then at midweeks, which they used to do midweek service. And then on the weekends there, and, and that really became all I would do. And again, I would say Carter, like I, I had the people that I was watching and learning from, but I didn't have any method. The only method I had was to manuscript my messages. Bo, my first boss at Willow, made me write them out word, word for word. And then in the first couple of messages I gave, he made me record it into a micro cassette tape recorder <laughs> so he could hear it beforehand. And I know he never listened to them, but what he was doing was getting me into the discipline of working it out. Yes. But that was all I had was just the manuscripting method. So continued to be a teaching pastor there for many years. And then um, just through relationship and people that we had built really close bonds with down in Atlanta at North Point Community Church, ended up going down there and, and leading ministry down there and, and then teaching every week there. Um, and again, still like now I'm under, I think, one of the greatest church communicators, one of the greatest leadership communicators, you know, under Andy Stanley. And again, I just like kind of pulled my notebook out every week. I'm like, what is he doing? Why is this? This is like so tight and it's so simple and it makes so much sense and it's so approachable. And he has such a way of speaking to everyone in the room. And so had the privilege to, to be mentored by John when I was at, by Ortberg when I was at Willow and then mentored by Andy as a communicator when we were down at North Point and just took everything I could take from them. Yeah, and then we started Soul City Church uh, 12 years ago. And it was like, cool, you're up every week. This is the, <laughs> like, I hope you enjoyed those weeks off that you had these last couple of years. Cause you're up every week. And then that, that's really when it kind of became game time. I'm like I have to figure out my way and my unique voice. Um, because this is, this is the bulk of, you know, a majority of what I'm doing here. So that, that weekend, week out every week for the first few years, you know, with a few exceptions, we have a great teaching team now, but we had to build that over the years. So yeah, so those are some of the voices along the way. Yeah, I mean, I I think what's really great too is you know some people who have gone to seminary and um, and I I I so much respect for that Um, and maybe sat under you know Haddon Robinson back in the day and and they they learned the Haddon way and and um, I've sat with some people who could just walk through how Haddon just was able to distill down this is what we do as Mm -hmm. preachers and communicators. Mm -hmm. What I love about you. Jared is you've had to like figure this out. Um, and, 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 and also I think really have become, in my opinion, a master at your craft. Um, I, I would say, you know, there, there are, there are people that I listen to and I come in to hearing their, their teach and their message. And, you know, like a Tim Keller, if, if I go back and listen to old Tim Keller messages, I'm not expecting him to make me laugh. I'm expecting him to like, Show me how the Hebrew scriptures points to the cross and to Jesus, right? right? And blow, like, yeah, blow your mind, blow yeah. my mind, right? Yeah. Um, and th- and then there's some some teachers that I I listen to, and I'm like, you know, they're gonna make something so I, I like the word that you use for Andy approachable, or it's gonna mm-hmm. be catalytic for the vision. They're visionaries. Mm-hmm. You though, man, I find myself on my toes every time I'm listening to you, and I mean that in I don't know, are you gonna go? contextual and just blow my mind? Are you going to go cultural with some kind of like hip hop reference or something that's happening in the city of Chicago? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go somewhere humorous? Are you going to go somewhere that's actually going to address the deeper issues? And, and you have this, this bandwidth when it comes to communication that, and the way that you can turn on a dime a sentence to be funny or deep or man, I never saw that text in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm curious because you have a whole process. I, I, I'm, I've been learning about this, you know, the communicators masterclass. And, and it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I wanted you on this podcast because mm-hmm. 
you're not just a student of the game, but you're now teaching um, some incredible communicators around the country. You're, you're investing, you've done like this masterclass. We'll talk more mm-hmm. about that in a moment, yeah. but like mm-hmm. th- there's a, there's a funnel system that you often talk about that mm-hmm. shapes your messages. I'm, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. maybe we could walk through that because I want to, I want to pick your brain on, on how you use humor. I want to pick your brain mm-hmm. on how you deal with tension. I want to pick your brain on how mm-hmm. you get to these deeper issues because mm-hmm. I'm just, I think so many communicators don't have the bandwidth mm-hmm. that you have. And I just want to learn how, how, you, how you got that and how you've continually developed that. Man, that's, oh, thank you. And that's a lot. I, and, and I don't know that I agree that most communicators don't have that bandwidth. I think it's just, it's a, it's about sort of um, the ability to, to put all the tools on the table instead of the ones you think you're supposed to use. Like, can you put all the tools that God has gifted you with that you may not even think relate to communicating, preaching, teaching, whatever you call it, and, and see what God might want to do or what God might want to bear and bring into the world through all of that. You know, yeah, it's good. so, I, so, I mean, I think, cause like you and I, when we, like last time we hung out, we were like laughing our butts off. And then we yeah. were also like crying. I mean, like deep, like connected, like yep. talking about our lives in this last season. It's like, cause that's life. Like that's how it works. And so, you know, for me, it's just like, how can I bring the fullness of who I am into this as best I can to speak to the fullness of who people are that God has entrusted me with in this moment. And, so, and in full transparency, we, we also, um, Showed up 45 minutes late because we went yes. to the same. This name, is a problem. Coffee shop, but this a is a problem. Location. This yeah, is so this is something that no one wants to hear about. But this coffee shop, it's not Starbucks, but this is a unique, cool local coffee shop that has two locations in the same town with the exact same name. It's bound to be a problem, and it was for us. We were sitting waiting for, for each other, like some romantic comedy. We were sitting at the wrong train station waiting for each other. <laughs> And texting each other, like, where are you? I'm, where are you? I'm, I'm here. Where are you? I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what? tell me where you want to start in that, Carter. Like, what, what, do you, what would be most helpful? Let's talk about the the coming up with a funnel. Because I've heard you mention this. Yes, okay. This. That's, that might help set the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll just quickly, like, you know, like I said, I, I read books, went to Bible college. I mean, what I learned in Bible college about communication was in absolutely no way applicable to my real world. And that's not a knock on it. This gotten a ton better since I was there. I thank God that at the same time I was finishing that up and teaching, take, taking these extra Jesus courses, the preaching courses, I was having real world experience of actually communicating at Willow in front of, you know, 1,500, 2,000 students. And like, yeah, that, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> what, I, what we talked about on Wednesday is not going to work on Sunday night. And so uh, thankfully I had that, that balance there. But yeah, there were some books. I mean, there, you know, there was... I went, I went to like a communication, like conference or retreat ish type thing. And it was, it was very, very, very helpful. But I think that, you know, with those things as, as helpful, as massively helpful as they've been for me, the quality of my transformation coming out of that is really based on the quality of my notes and how much I was paying attention. Or if I happened to catch, you know, a presentation that spoke to the specific thing I'm needing. So I didn't, I just didn't feel like I had a, other than watching and learning and being a student, there wasn't a lot of like, okay, but how do I take, how do I do this every week? How do I make this, how do I boil this down? And Andy uses, Andy Stanley uses, and has used, he's largely kind of, he's played with it. He used to use it. He kind of comes back to it every now and then. His, his way of framing every message is me, we, God, you, we, I think that's, that's what he taught us is start with, you know, a story from me and then move to, we like, haven't we all experienced that? Well, here's what God has to say about that. What would it look like if you actually applied that to your life? Can you imagine if we all got this one, right? You know, so it makes it, it was super helpful when I was down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have to just start from a blank page and fully manuscript this thing and hope that it makes sense by the time I get to the end. Yeah. Like I can actually start with the end in mind and go, okay, if I want to get here, how do I build my way back to, to getting there? And so when we started Soul City, I was, that's what I was started with. I was using that method. I would literally have like highlighted on my notes, like this is the me section. This is the we section. And what I began to see was like, it was super helpful, but there were some things that I was doing that didn't fit into that, that I think just kind of were a different, maybe like a turn of the gem, like another way of looking at that kind of idea. And so that's really where, the funnel came up with an art teaching team. Our staff calls it the funnel of love because it, it's, it's just so corny to call something a funnel, but it's the only way I could describe it. 
And so if you imagine, you know, kind of starting at the top is the widest part. So imagine kind of an upside down triangle. And at the top is emotional connection. That's the first thing is, is making an emotional connection with people right out the gate. So that can be through humor. That can just be through, you know, I mean, we're here in Chicago, so it can always be either reference to the bears or the weather or traffic. And, you know, it's something to help. All are terrible. Right. All All are are terrible. terrible. Yeah. All are terrible. Notice I did not say the bulls in there. Um, So, you know, you're, you're trying to lower defenses and bring everyone together. That's what the emotional yep. connection piece is. Oh, we're all in this together. I'm okay. I'm feeling like I can kind of settle in here for a little bit. So that's Jared, real quick. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. funnel though, this isn't in your prep. This is strictly in your, you've already done all your prep. This is in yeah. your actual presenting this is the writing. of the, in writing of the communication. This is the writing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause I'll, cause my study is a hot mess. It's just like, you know, little clipped articles and this sermon, it's all, I just try and gather all these things. And then when I have that sort of stew of things, this is the funnel. I put all of that through to see which fits, which is for now, which is for later, which is good, which is great. You know, so like trying to work that all through. So that's what it helps me really get crystal clear in the writing. So it starts with emotional connection. That's the first top one. Then into uncovered tension and this for me, this was the kind of like an unlock for me, Carter, like that what I began seeing, the more and more I was a student of and paying attention to and still see to this day with a lot of communicators, a lot of preachers out of that is they get up and start answering a question that no one is asking. And they've been thinking about this topic or this passage for the last two, three weeks, a month, whatever it may be. It's, they've been walking around with it. They're doing the dishes thinking about it. It's all they've been thinking about. No one woke up thinking about the lineage of Jesus and how that might point us to what, you know, whatever it, whatever it may be. They're just not thinking about that. And so what so many times what I would do when I got up to communicate was I just start in on this thing and assume that everyone's just going to get on board with me. And what I really saw the value in is, can I name attention? Can we uncover attention that as many people as possible have felt? So what's, what's a thing that we've all sort of faced or felt? And, and sometimes it can be kind of lighthearted, like, so we can, we're kind of using that emotional connection and that tension to sort of laugh about it. But then there's always a turn. Then there's always like a, a question like, you know, that, that, that I would ask or that I would that I put into my message that is really the turn of the message. And, and it's usually within the first four or five minutes, I could try to get it at the top. And the goal here is to, again, just my hope would be if, if, if God's using what I'm saying and I've done my prep, my work, people sit up a little bit when you say that thing. It's like the Leo pointing meme, you know? It's like yeah. if, I, if I hit the right tension of a thing that we've all wondered at some point or we've all faced or we've all questioned or we've all felt at some point that someone kind of in their heart would do that like Leo, like that's, yes, I've wondered that. No, maybe I didn't wake up thinking that or wondering that, but I have at some point before. And so then for me, it's like, great. Now we can actually, I want to show you how God speaks to that. Can, can, can we just sit on this? Because I think the value of tension, you do really, really well. And, and you're not afraid of it, you know, because I think, I think there are a lot of communicators who are like, Hey, today we're going to be talking about hope and hope yep. is anticipating right. good, da, da, da. but they, <laughs> they, they miss the actual act of creating the tension that makes people go, Oh, I, I need hope or I yeah, want hope. Exactly. I want yep. some sense of resolution. Help me show me in God's word where I can find it. Yep. And then I think there's another side that I've felt probably since 2016, 2018, that there's so much tension in our worlds mm-hmm. that almost uh, a lot of preaching and pastors are like, man, I just, I don't want there to be any tension in the teach. Yeah. And, and I want this to almost be a respite from the cultural tension that's all around us. And again, yeah. that I feel like is minimizing and preparing people for actual life and demonstrating what following Jesus looks like. You put such a emphasis on the value of tension. Just talk more yes. about why, why, why? Yeah, because I, that's a great question. And I, to me, what I found is, is that you're exactly right. That ten, tension gets people's attention. Oh, and, and, and it can also turn people off and it can turn people away. Definitely. No doubt that our world is filled with tension. I'm not talking about manufacturing. I'm not talking about 
try and create a, a false sense of tension. I'm just trying to talk about what we talked about with Ortberg in your book, that thing beneath the thing. Can you touch on that question or that wondering or that wrestling that I've had at some point in my life? So, you know, I mentioned one at, from that clip we played, what do you think God thinks of when we think of you? When he thinks of you, that's tension. What yes. do you think God thinks? Right? So it's like, gosh, I don't, gosh, I don't really know that I know, but yeah, now that you mention it, so now, now it's like, okay, I've got your attention. You, you're going to be maybe that much, have that much more buy-in or, you know, um, trying to think of ones I've done. Um, what do you do with the people who've hurt you? And we did a whole message on church hurt. And so it's, what do you do with the people? Like, what do you do? Do you write them off? Do you forgive them? Do you minimize what they've done? So just that's questions like, yeah, I've faced life. I've had people hurt me. What do I, what, do I even know what I do with people that have hurt me? Another one, um, that I use <laughs> probably too much. I think it's one of my core messages that God's given me for my life. But what if God's best was on the other side of your yes? That's another one. They like at the top, like what if God's best for your life is actually on the other side of your next yes to him? And so it's usually a question, not always, but it's usually a question. And again, if I'm doing it right, it's going to speak to something at a deeper level that the most amount of people have wondered at some point in their life. And if I do it right, then there's, hopefully I have their attention. There's some buy-in and it's like, yes, please tell me, please. I, yeah. I, yeah, actually, I would love to know that. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's good. That's good. That's super helpful. Okay. So you got these two. Now, where, where do you go so, from there? Yeah. Emotional connection, uncovered tension. And then the next play would be biblical direction. Like that's the next move in the funnel is, okay, well, wouldn't you know it? God has something to say about that. The Bible actually speaks to that. Jesus taught us about that. What, you know, what the, you're not the first person to feel that. Let's look at the prophets. Let's look at the Psalms. Like you, you are not the only one. So it, then it's like, oh, well, I, yeah, I actually want to, if God has something to say about this, I'll, I'll listen. I want to pay attention. And so that's, you know, kind of the heart, the center of the messages for me in my context for preaching at a church, communicating at a church is biblical direction. And then right after that, I move into sort of real world translation. And wh- what I mean by that is, you know, you, there's so much in, in the context of everything that's happening in the Bible. And so it's, we're going to take this thing, we're going to unpack it. We're going to talk about the richness of this language. We're going to talk about what it means. And then the next move is, okay, here's a real world translation. Here's what that really means for our lives today. Here's what that would really look like. Can you, you know, what would that look like at work? Here's how that might work out in your family. So then it, I'm just taking this, this truth that God has given us that I believe is timeless, but it's also from 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago and saying, this is how it applies in our life and your life today. And lots of times I'll use examples or stories from my life or from people that are part of our community and to kind of show like, this is what that looks like. This is yep. a picture for you to kind of hang on or, 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 or hook it to for you to, to take it with you. And then that, that now we're like, at this point of the message, after I've done real world translation, it's like the, the wheels have come out on the plane. Like, you know, that all the lights have come on to flash, fasten your seatbelt. And so I'm, you know, it's the last sort of 5% of the message at this point is a hopeful vision. So it's, it's kind of like Andy's last little bit of we, like, can you imagine if we got this right? Like, let me paint a picture for you this week. If you practice that, you know, whatever it is, if you practice this principle in prayer this week, can you imagine what dot, 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 and you're just kind of painting a picture now for the future. This is what's possible if we trust God, if we follow God, if we apply this to our lives. And then the big one, a really big one for me, Carter, is the last one. And it's kind of where the whole funnel points to is a next step application. Mm. What's the, what, okay, so what am I going to do this week to actually practice this? How can I take this from this totally unrealistic setting of church where there's light and haze and music and all these people who are like here for the same reason. How do I take this to work tomorrow? How do I take this to school with me? What happens when I get into a fight with my spouse on Thursday? And so it's a big deal for our, our teaching team. It's become really high value. It doesn't always work with every message, but almost every single one is what is a, what is a real world like next step application that we can do. And, and, and it's usually practice-based. We're going to try this practice this week. We're going to pray this prayer this week, or it could be like, I want you to sign up and get around a table this week. I want you to, you know, sign up to be a part of one of our table groups or whatever it may be. So is the, is application different from, in your vantage point from practice? That's a great question. Sometimes the application is a practice. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it is. Yep. Sometimes yep. it's a practice yep. of prayer. Like we all set our alarms to this time, this time, this time. 
we put a post-it note up on our mirror. We, so sometimes it's practice. Sometimes it's a, I want you to go to our money wise workshop to help you, you know, get out of debt and to really begin to trust God with your finances. That's not a practice. That's just a practical next step. So it can be, but it's not always. And in the communicators masterclass, um, you walk through this funnel. There's there's a mm-hmm. number of different kind of courses in that that are going to help you walk through that. I'm curious for timestamp. You said, hey, typically by four minutes, I'm at that second one. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like, do you have typical timestamps that you're trying to hit? Mm-hmm. Ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. Okay. It's more per- it's more percentages for me. Percentages. It's like, okay, gotcha. yeah. If I've gone, if I'm on like page three and I haven't gotten to biblical direction, I, I've taken too long. Yes. Okay. You know, and again, like everything, Carter, like this, this is what is most helpful for me. This is what we, our teaching team uses. Like it's rad when I see other people from our teaching team and their notes and they have this blocked out. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? As I would help people. But when you see others use it, it's like, this is super, like in the coaching that I do, we, we kind of say, how can you take the best of this and make it work for your context? So sometimes I'll flip it up and mix it up. But for me, I've kind of now like known okay, I, I, I don't want to spend too long on this emotional connection piece. That's going to be about 5%. Okay, maybe 10% I'm going to spend on building up this tension and kind of getting everyone on the same page. And okay, I want to spend 50% on the biblical direction. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of floating percentages for me. And because yeah. I fully manuscript every message, it's also page numbers. I know if I'm on this page and I haven't gotten here yet, um, I, I need to kind of rethink some things. Maybe I've gone too long on something. Maybe I haven't gone long enough on something. So what's really great though, is, was watching you teach because, you know, there's, there's a number of people who are primarily exegesis oriented. Mm-hmm. They got a pericope. They're going to live in that. They can do that. And then there's some that are more, you know, eisegesis or topical and, and they can do that. What's so great about for me, hearing you teach this funnel, I've seen you do this in a narrative, um, I've seen you uh, uh, do this in a just walking through a, a a parable or a text. I've seen you do this with you know um, a generosity campaign. What's amazing about the funnel is it it works no matter what kind of teaching style you want to do, which is interesting. It, I, I think so. I mean, as much as I, like, I, I even took it because I was so invested in this and like, okay, let's put this to the test. The last, that last book I wrote a few years back before, before the entire world changed. Um, I wrote every, I structured every chapter using this funnel. I was like, okay, what, what would it, what, how would it work in this context? Which is very different from, you know, from writing is very different from a sermon that you write. It's a completely different muscle. And so I took it and applied it to that, to the written you know, like yeah. to the, each chapter and I structured every chapter with this funnel in mind. And it was just, for me, I, I think it's helpful for others, but it's massively helpful for me. And if it's helpful for me and I'm doing it right, no one really sees the threads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, it's I feel like I'm a, those magicians tricks revealed shows right now where I'm kind of giving away the whole thing. And, and, and like anyone who goes to soul city is like, wait a second, that's how he does every message. Right. But if I if I if I if I'm doing it right and well, you're not going to notice those little turns, those little transitions. Um, but my gosh, in the writing, Carter, it has been like it has brought so much more peace to me because it's like, ah, uh, at least I know I can lean into this or leverage this. I start with the end. Here's where I want to be at the very end. Okay, how can I work my way back from there? And it's just so much better than what I spent years doing, which is just staring at a blank document going, okay, well, let's just keep writing until something works. That's right. That's right. What I, lo- what I also love about you, Jerry, is you have such a high value on the, the craft of communication, a mm-hmm. high value on the preach. But you also, it's like, you take it seriously, but not so seriously. And what I mean oh, by that should, is dude, you, ha- totally. you have this amazing line uh, you, you told me once that the message is just a part of a person's yeah. transformation, not the point. Absolutely. So, so, so unpack that because I think, I think again, uh, there's so much, like, I just want to get this so right. Cause there's like yeah. so much at stake. Dude, I, yeah. You I know? almost and, yeah. crazy. I, I can almost make myself crazy with wanting to just give God my very best. And I want it to, yes. I care about the craft. I absolutely like it's, this is, I mean, this is my 10,000 hours, dude. Like this yes. is what I've spent yes. most of my life doing the most of my time. <laughs> and so I absolutely care about it. And at the same time, it is a small, significant, but small part of someone's spiritual journey of someone's spiritual transformation. 
And I think I've been in, around churches where the sermon was the pinnacle. It was the yeah. point. It was like, and for, and what I think it, it's a, it's a very poor form of discipleship Yeah, because there's no interaction. There's no working it out. There's no, it's, it is a form of discipleship, but it's, if that's the primary form of discipleship, it, it is not. Um, a strong thing to build your life on is that this communicator is going to say everything that I need to hear from God in 30 to 40 to 50 to an hour and 10 minutes. And that's going to be it for me for this week. As far as my spiritual growth, I, to me, I just go, Oh my gosh, no, this is just a, this is a part God uses. And I want to do like, if this is my part of the body, you know, coming out of Romans 12, like I want to, I want to do it the best I can do it, but it's just a part. It's just a part. It's not the point. And we build so much of our church life and so much of our church gatherings around the sermon. And, you know, the thing I just have to keep reminding myself when I get, when I make it all too serious, is like, oh my gosh, hold this, take it seriously, but hold it lightly. Yeah, that's right. Take it seriously, but like, hold it lightly. Like, who am I? I'm just, I'm just someone trying to be as faithful to God as I can be with the gifts he's given me and the experience he's allowed me to have. But man, it's not, this is not about me. This is not about so, yeah, I try and not take it too seriously. And I, I just try and not take, I mean, you know, you see me communicate. I try not to take myself too seriously because, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I just was like, yeah, I, I'm a part of the bigger thing God's doing in your life, but definitely not the point. The, 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 it's interesting you say that too because, you know, I think if, if recent studies are true, and I, I have no reason to deny that they are, but you know, not everyone's coming every week. And so if they're only really, coming are you 18 that? or that's weird. I have not seen that at all. Hmm. <laughs> you know, 18 hmm. or 20 times a year, maybe that's tops. Corner, so, yes. so if like, if you're going for, let's say you go for 30 minutes and you teach 20 times, so that's 10 hours you're getting to shape someone. Totally. Uh, so it's a, it's a, like the, you've got to be able to look at this pragmatically and say, yep. Hey, what is actually possible? Now, some of us are going 40 minutes, 34 minutes, whatever, but like, we're not, we're not talking about more than 11 or 12 hours of just sermon content um, yes. for the majority of the people that we're, we're speaking to. And that yeah. would be often our core of right. the church. Those are the folks exactly who so are actually like committed to some rhythm of being present and being a part. Yes. So it's so such a fascinating um, piece. I, let, let, let's let's shift because you talked about uh, not taking yourself. Wait, can I just can I can I, can I also yeah, can I add one, one thought get on it. that? No, because this has become for me and John Jorgensen, uh, one of the teaching pastors and really just one of my favorite communicators in the world. Um, he and I are on like a holy obsession about how to decentralize the sort of discipleship of teaching part of it. How do you, how do you be faithful to the sermon, the part of the gathering? I think there's that we see it modeled at least in Acts 2. We see that there was gathering together in the temple courts as well as breaking of bread and homes. So this matters, but if like it's exactly what you just said, dude, is like if 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 we're banking on this being everything, and we've got maybe at best 20 Sundays a year with someone. Boy, that that's not great. So we are on a, on a terra. How do we decentralize this, and how do we get this more accessible and more available to people beyond Sunday? And the other thing I'd say on the flip side of that is, and I see this a lot with maybe younger or newer communicators, is they when they give a message, they feel like they have to say everything they can on generosity, or every thought is a good thought and it must be shared. And one of the other ways for me that's been so helpful of holding it lightly is when I'm realizing this is way too long and by me saying more, they're going to remember less. I just have to trust and know there'll be another time to teach on this. And if, and if I can trust that there'll be another opportunity and I can take this idea, save it in a file, I don't have to say everything today or this week. And that's another way of kind of on the flip side of like just holding it lightly, like, yeah, not everything on this subject needs to, to be said. In fact, the more you're saying, the less they're remembering. So that's so good. Yeah, the art of elimination I had a mentor say was um, if you don't have a preaching scalpel um, that you can just find, cut, and fine tune, you're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go back to kind of how we even started the conversation with your ability to shift on a dime. And this is something I've always just wanted to learn from you because, you know, I've, again, watched you. I mean, I'd say 
since 02. I think 2002. Wow, we're going, we're going back years, to the early bro. aughts. The early yeah, aughts. Bro, the aughts, man. Um, I think I've, I've watched you in those Axis days, obviously watched mm-hmm. you at, at uh, North Point and, and at Soul City. I, you know, I've, I've gone there a number of times, sat in the back, and just so appreciate you. Um, your ability, again, um, even when I didn't know the funnel, but your ability <clears throat> to go somewhere and then turn it. Mm-hmm. In your prep process, how much of that is just like free flow and how much of that, mm-hmm. because your manuscript is so intentional and it's like a choose your own adventure and you're like, ooh, I could play this out a little bit deeper. No, I'm going to use humor or, mm-hmm. hey, I like, I got to, I want to just keep pushing this thing deeper in the text. Like that, that kind of bag of tricks that you talking about or tools that are out on the table, how do you discern which one to play in your manuscript process? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's the majority of it is in the writing. Okay. And then there's a, a minority or a percentage of it that is in the moment. Okay. And, you know, because you know how it is, Carter, like there's things that you, you think make so much sense or you think are so funny yeah. when you're by yourself or when you're going on your walk and dictating and where, I, where I'm writing and then you get in front of people and you realize, oh, I guess it was, I guess it was just me. <laughs> I'm the only person that thought this was deeper. I'm the only person that thought this was funny. So there yeah. is that dynamic of a living organic community that does shape some of it very much in the moment in partnership with the Holy Spirit in that moment. But I would say the majority of it sort of comes in the writing. And um, you know, there's the there's an old punk-ish group from the 80s and 90s called the Pixies and their their whole like every song structure I mean there's even a documentary I think called Loud Quiet Loud and that's kind of like every Pixies song is really got this loud blaring part and then it pulls back and pulls away and then it's then it's big and and you know I think that for me is like if every sermon is at 11 like if every moment of this teach is at 11 what am I I'm just going to blow people's ears out they're not it's going to be so easy to disengage and disconnect from that. And con- and conversely, if it's all kind of down and serious and at a two or three, then people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, what? where are we? What are we doing? This is, yep. this is dragging on forever. So for me, it's that rhythm and that balance of, well, hey, let's laugh a little bit. And now that we're laughing, I want to, in a non-manipulative way, because again, this is just how, when you and I talk, this is how it goes. Yeah. But like, turn and say, now that I've got your attention or now that we're kind of laughing and feeling comfortable, let's actually, let's look behind that. What's really going on? What's the deeper thing there? And then, you know, for me, for a long time, it was humor was a way of sort of, well, predominantly my whole life, it's been a way of getting people to like me and think that I'm special. And so there were many times where I'd be teaching. I'm like, oh man, I'm just, this has nothing to do with God gate. What with what God gave me to teach. This is just me trying to get affirmation from, you know, in, in some of these rooms from thousands and thousands of people, you know? And so as I thankfully have, I hopefully matured, you know, for me, it's like, no, this is a tool. This is a tool. This is a way of, of helping someone lower their defenses and feel comfortable, laugh at some of the, just the insanity of life. And then now that we're there, can we turn? And so, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think some of it too, Carter's just kind of, it's, it's who I am. It's kind of just how I'm wired. And, and, and so I think that's why it kind of comes out in my, in my preaching, but that, that cadence is, or that, that sort of, um, you know, can we laugh a little and then, man, let's turn this corner and then we can teach a little more straightforward and then let's, let's laugh a little bit. I don't know. It's for me, it's just like, I think because I've been doing this for so long in the writing, I can have a sense Hey, this is going too long. And yeah. so it needs yep. something. It needs a story or it needs some humor or it needs something because this is just pretty long and straightforward. And so that's where the majority of it comes out in the writing. But then, yeah, a lot of it just sort of comes in the, in the room. And because I manuscript my messages, I have some accountability to, to God and to myself uh, to, to not keep going. Cause I, knowing me and just some of my false selves, like I'll keep going for that laugh or I'll keep going for that humor. Yeah. And yeah. I could just totally discredit the, the, my own authority or the word that God has given me because I'm chasing after that. So it, it does help to have it sort of mapped out at least, you know, to some degree. 
talk about humor because I, I I do I think that's something you naturally do, and again that ability to to turn it to um, make people kind of you know I I constantly think about this you know our audience has smartphones they're they're some they're not bringing their Bibles some are but many of them are have it on you know their app and they're on their app mm-hmm. and if their app is on then all of a sudden uh, it's a Sunday and their fantasy scores or texting or social media and they're mm-hmm. they're I want to get a picture of what's happening at Soul City and then mm-hmm. then they're back but like you're communicating and I think sometimes humor can bring them back in or that great tension can bring them back in to re-engage in the text mm-hmm. and re-engage in the message. Mm-hmm. But talk about humor for you. How, what makes a, a joke work? What makes a story oh, work? What, how, how do you, how, how do you do that? <laughs> Define humor. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it definitely has come, you know, maybe that's my 10,000 hours is just trying, trying to get people to like me through laughter. And that's what I've invested the majority of my life's work into. Uh, of, so some of it has just come from, I think, I think I am funny and I think I've, I've worked yeah. on it and I think I'm kind of naturally funny. I, I was as a kid, I could la- get my teachers to laugh their way out of disciplining me. Like I, you know, I, I, I had with great power comes great responsibility of which I had no responsibility as a kid. I would just weaponize my humor so I think there's that, that just kind of, some of it comes naturally to me and that's true of some people and it's not true of others. And there's some people who I would say are not naturally funny, who are very funny or who have, yeah. you know, who are able to tell a funny story in a way where they're not like a ha ha, you know, type person, but they just, they get what, what um, people find humorous or absurd or, and so, you know, I, I think some of it's in, in, for me, Carter, it's been that gift to me of the discipline of manuscripting helps me sort of say it out loud, like, right. And know where the ending is. Cause there have been some times where I'm like, tell story about in my notes. And I don't know personally how it's going to end or if it's supposed to end up or if it's supposed to end down. And so that helps for me in the writing it out and to testing it out and saying it out loud is I'm in my head, at least, you know, it helps me get there. And I think for, for people who are naturally funny, the work will always be to rein it in. It's like, you can, you can just go to, yeah, you can just play to that old false self of, of trying to get people to like you. And then it becomes more about you than it becomes about what God's wanted to do in their life. And so I think for people who are naturally funny, boy, it's, it's really about using it precisely. Like you said, almost like that same with the scalpel. It's like, how can I use it at just the right moment? Have, you know, as best I can. And then for, for people who are not naturally funny is, can you just find some of the absurd things in life or the crazy things in life and tell a story about that? And what I've found to be true and what's kind of become when it comes to humor, a cardinal rule is if I'm going to make fun of anyone, it's going to be myself. That's right. I'm not going to make fun of my wife, a genie. I'm not going to make fun of our kids. I heard one pastor not long ago, I was watching YouTube because I, was, I, was, I listen, I'm a student, man. I'm watching messages. And in the first five minutes, they told a story that made fun of their wife and made fun of one of their teenage kids. This is in the first five minutes, Steve. And I'm like, oh, man, that's not. Can you imagine what it's like for that teenage kid to have your, in this case, the dad up on stage in front of hundreds of people making fun of you? Like, yeah. So never, I try as best I can to not use any humor at anyone else's expense. You know, sometimes it'll be at definitely at Chicago or at the, you know, the bears or in our case, the Packers or, you know, whatever it's like, but never a specific person. And and I've done that at times where I've hurt, I've hurt people. Things I've said on stage and I, I just don't ever want to do that. So for those who are naturally funny that you really run the risk of of doing that, if you just kind of keep going and you don't rein it in and discipline it. And for those who aren't, maybe wouldn't say they're not, you know, they're not naturally funny. I bet you something silly or absurd happened to you this week or last week, some crazy thing that's probably happened to someone else. Can you tell that in such a way where people just go, oh yeah, been there and can lighten up, laugh a little bit at it. And so even if you may not be naturally funny, I bet you can tell a story, a funny story. Um, yeah. from your life. So and I think, well, go ahead. I would just say the other thing too, is I've never been a huge fan of like j- jokes. I just, okay. I like as, as a funny person, I'm just not a big fan. Like I remember my dad bought me a book of jokes when yeah. I was 10 and I like obsessed over it. And then I was like, this is kind of dumb actually. I would yeah. never do this. And so 
that's a, I, but I would say that's a way if you don't feel naturally funny is you could tell someone, you could tell a joke, but gosh, I would just make sure that it, you can tell it authentically as you and that it aligns with what you're trying to teach, not just as a way of like warming up the crowd, you know, like yeah. an opening act. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you, do you capture moments? Cause, um, you know, like I, 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 you know, you talk about the absurd, the absurd things that happen, you know? So my, my name, uh, I go by Steve Carter, but my, you know, official spelling is S T E P H E N, which means every time I get into an Uber or Lyft or, or anytime I'm at the bank or every time I'm going through TSA often it's Stefan. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm no, and I just go with it. Yeah, totally. Sure. And, mm-hmm. um, and just like the pH is like Stephanie kind of thing. And, and it's, and, and so, uh, I was like, <laughs> just going, man, it's like every time you, nobody can ever say my name. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but I saw this, this, <laughs> this meme that I thought was so funny. And it's like, Steven S D E V E N says, good evening. E V E N I G H. Then Steven S C E P H says, good evening. E P H E N I N G. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I like, funny. and I love it. Right. But like, so you can like be manuscripting. Right. And there's uh-huh. stuff that, that works on paper, but uh-huh. then after you try to, like, I couldn't, I couldn't say that in a message, but then if I have a television beside me, yeah, you can, you can, you could play totally that right lean there, into that. Lean into that, you know? So, so, so as you capture story, are you thinking, okay, this is, man, this is how I can use this, this picture that I captured of, you know, um, yeah, I did it. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Like I was telling a story about, you know, how I grew up a churchy church kid. Like I was at church a lot and I was talking about the difference between church clothes and play clothes. Cause like I was a kid, like you had your play clothes, which was like 90% of your wardrobe. And then you had your church clothes, church clothes. and, and nary the two shall meet. Like you, you don't get the two mixed up ever. And so I threw up a picture that we just, I, we've had of like me when I was six with my whole family for the church directory, back when we all used to dox ourselves yes. at every church and printed out the church directory. And so it's, for me, it was like, Hey, that's kind of funny. Like church clothes, play clothes. Yep. That's funny. But then when I put the picture up, it's like, and you sure. see it, it's like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally get it. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you're like, Oh, I get it. Yes. So yeah, sometimes that it's like an exclamation point that can really kind of punch up something that's funny is when someone can see a visual of it. Yeah. And especially if you're making fun of yourself. Uh, especially. Exactly. Especially. Yes. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Um, okay. Where in California did you grow up? Bay area, baby. East Bay. East Bay. Gosh. All right. All right. Okay. North okay. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so I, I just, uh, I've always, always felt connected, but then, um, yeah. you're probably, but, not, but now, probably but like now that giants. we know that, now that yeah. we know NorCal, yeah. SoCal is different, this, yeah. all it's that different. went it's out different. the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I also just, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times already, but I, I, I want people to know that about the communicators masterclass and, oh, yeah. um, yeah, they can go, it's the website's the masters communicator. Uh, the master, just one, just one the, master. The master communicator, master communicator.com, the master communicator.com. See, That's right. this, this is, this is what a good interviewer does. They say it wrong and then yeah. you say it correct. And then I have yeah. to say it correct. Then you say yeah. it correct. And I now say, we've said so, it four times, four times. And people are going to remember it's the master communicator.com. Communicator.com. Okay. So in this though, if you go there, what's great mm-hmm. is you have the course, but you're also doing personal preaching coaching. And oh and yeah, t- That's, and talk yeah. yeah, talk about just talk about the course. Talk about what what people if they if oh, they go there um, and and coaching and just just again, I what I love about you is your heart for the local pastor, your heart for someone who maybe even has like a business talk that they want to get yeah. better at. And I know we have people who listen um, who are not just preachers and pastors, um, yeah. but like your heart is to help someone who has a talk or an idea or a yeah. message or wants just to get better at the craft of preaching communication. Yeah. Um, talk about that and how, how this course can help them. Well, that's very, very, very kind of you. And yeah, last time we were together, I was sharing with you like how excited I was to finally be done with it because it's the course has been in my head for 10 years. I mean, it's like once I came up with the funnel and was like, wait, this is actually really helpful and began teaching it to our teaching team. And they began to implement it. And I would see like, this is actually really good stuff, as well as all the stuff that I learned from, again, being mentored by and watching and coming up around great communicators, being a student of the game, like 
I was like, I have all this stuff. I've taught all these at conferences and I've done this, you know, this breakout or I've done this main stage session on this one aspect of it. But man, there, I feel like there's some more to say here. And so that's what all the courses, Carter, it's just taken all the last, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been 26 years. Wow. How old wow. is that? 26 years of being up on stage regularly in front of a significant amount of people and around the world doing this stuff. And so it's taking all of that and most of it, just the the frustration of like not knowing what I was doing, but being pushed out in front of thousands of people and said, here yeah. you go. So, you know, having to learn on the fly and learn that stuff. And so, yeah, there's, it walks through the funnel. Definitely. That would be the heartbeat of the course, but there's whole sessions on how finding your voice, like what is your unique, and I have these like four communication styles, information, inspiration, application, transformation. What's your unique teaching style? Because your voice really matters. And then there's a whole session right after that. It's kind of like love language. It's like, well, that's your voice, but what's your, what, what style does your audience or the people that you're in front of, how do they best learn? Because not every room, not every group certainly is the same. So, you know, there's sessions on that. There's sessions on what to do on stage, like super practical, like where I walk through a whole session of, do you use a podium? Do you use notes? Do you use an iPad? How do you use props? You know, all that stuff that I wish someone would have just said here. You know, yes. Do with it as you will, but this is at least start from here. And I had to kind of figure it all out in largely on my own, or I'd go to a conference and I hear one good thing, but I spent $3,000 to be here. And I only got that one good thing. Holy cow, great experience. But I need, I want to get better because I want to be better this next week. Because if I grow as a communicator, God, others are going to grow. Like that's the idea is if I grow, I might be a part of helping others grow as well. So that's the whole course. Um, is uh is putting all that together i mean i don't know it's like eight hours of of sessions all bite size like 15 minutes or so each and and it's you know like any of these online courses things it's it's forever like once you buy it you got it and yep. anytime you want to come back to it there's tons of downloads for you to start implementing and working out sample messages like all kinds of stuff it just everything basically i've got to help anyone who wants to grow as a communicator whether you have been doing it for 25 years or whether you got your very first talk coming up, whether you are in front of 5,000 people or whether you're in front of 13 kids in a middle school youth group, like where I was at. So it's really for, for anyone who wants to grow as a communicator. So that's think, the course. Yeah. And I think, I think what's really great about this is, you know, you, you've got these bite-sized chunks and for many of us, we're developing other communicators within our yes. church, within our team yeah. to be able to yep. watch this. And, yep. and then to be able to talk about it and process yeah. it. Um, yeah. And Jarrett, I mean, you are a master. You're a master at this craft. I, I love good. learning from you. I, I love your heart as a preacher. You're, you're, you're a guy I would um, like love to learn from on a regular basis. And you're I do good. like listen from, from messages I tune in online, but you're just, um, you're so easy to listen to and you're, and you're not like, oh, that's, that's nice, <clears throat> but you push and you challenge, and you inspire, and you do give me next steps on ways that I can take this idea of this concept of embodiment of the kingdom of God and really making it practical so that the spirit can flesh it out in my one and only life. I, I love, love, love the yeah, way you do this. That's very kind. Um, let me just ask one, one sports question, because yeah. you've been doing this yeah. for 26 years, and you're wearing a Chicago mm -hmm. Bulls hat. Who's your favorite Chicago Bulls player who wore the number 26? <laughs> yes, that would be a uh, family friend of ours, Kyle Korver. Yeah. Kyle Korver, go. good man. Three-point assassin, three-point three assassin. assassin. 2010 to 2012. Yep. Just give me the hot sauce. Give me yeah, the hot sauce. I just had to give you a chance to to, to give a little love to Kyle Korver. Yes, Korver. He's, he's a good man. We love, we love the Korvers. They're <laughs> um, good, good friends. And whoever chooses number 26 as a basketball hey, jersey number? Hey. Listen, they have a lot to live up to. A lot to live up to. A lot to um, live up to. Okay, so... Let's just say one last time. Yeah. The master communicator. communicator dot com. Dot com. Not dot biz. Not dot biz. Dot com. Yeah. And that's, that's the place like that you can sign up for the course. And because like, I, oh, and I'll, I'll say this and I'll say the, the little fun thing. If people stay till the very end, you mentioned the coaching piece. That's been, for me, that is like the thing I love doing the most. And I know you and I've talked about this, like, that is really what I love giving my time to. I love the course. It's done. I made it, it's out there. It's like, so I hope it's helpful to people, but that live, um, you know, every other week watching your message, giving you feedback. I've, 
helped a guy that did a TED talk needed some help. So we got together and worked out his TED talk. And, you know, so it's not just for church stuff. I helped um, a CEO was doing his first round, his first round of uh, raising funds. And so we put his pitch together. We were, you know, which is very different context. We're not using biblical direction for his app, but it's taking some of the same principles. And so that's the thing, dude. Like, I don't know. I just, that, that's what I love to do is help other communicators get better. And so there's, there's ways you can find on, on the mastercommunicator.com. Just reach out to me. Let's just talk if that's something you might be interested in. Cause that's just what I love to do is to help men and women um, use their communication gifts that God has given them to help others grow and find and follow Jesus. So yeah, the fun thing too, buddy is like, because I love this podcast and it's a resource that I use honestly, <laughs> regularly. Um, how about a little, let's just sweeten a pot and do a little uh, what? discount. Let's do a discount right now. Let's do it. Nope, nope. My manager's saying no, but no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) They're telling me not to, but I'm going to do it, Carter. If you use the code CRAFT when you go to check out, so CRAFT, let me spell that for you. Like the cheese? No, that's a K. That's a K. Like craft and character. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you use just CRAFT, C-R-A-F-T, you get 20% off the course. We'll do that just for the next couple of weeks when people hear this. Um, so if anyone wants to do it, that's, Hey, that's money back in your pocket right there. Let's you get go. better and you get to save a little money. So if the, if anyone wants to use the code craft for 20% off of the course, I'm happy to do that. Cause this, this podcast and you are such a resource, dude. I love you. And I love, I'm so glad you're back in Chicago. I'm so, so thanks, glad man. you're back, man. And so glad we got to, to do this in this fashion. So thanks dude for all that you're doing. And if anyone wants to check it out, what's that website again, Carter? A master communicator. Good Good job. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. Yes. Well, hey, thank you so much for for tuning in, everyone. And I just, I'm just so grateful for Jared. Um, You can learn more about him, soulcitychurch.com, jaredstevens.com. His wife is one of uh, the best church leaders I know, Jeannie Stevens. She's amazing. She's just a force for good. Um, But, friends, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, please go check out themastercommunicator.com. Type in that craft, get that 20% off. Listen, you know? 20% off. I mean, that's, bro, bro, that's, that's I mean, like, these are tough financial we, times. So we go to Olive boom. Garden, let's go, you, you know, put that right towards some free breadsticks, put free that red 20% sticks. towards some free uh, breadsticks. <laughs> so, uh, but seriously, to our sponsors preaching today, Hope International, uh, Food for the Hungry. Uh, I hope, I hope that this message will help you um, really really, really uh, figure out that value of tension, finding your voice, unpacking that uh, funnel to help walk people through so that they can really experience what the practice is to put this biblical direction into play. So Jared Stevens, thanks so much, man. Much love, grace and peace, everyone. We will see you soon. Take care. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's M.A. in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu hdl.